Hey everybody, this is Mary Guilfoyle with Acts 29 with another Lenten bonus feature from Father John. Today he offers us all a message of hope and confidence as we live through these challenging days with the panic around the virus and all that flows from that. This is some rich stuff to take to prayer, my friends. Enjoy and God bless and be at peace. So here we are, we're going into the third Sunday of Lent and like all of you, I'm sure my mind's more than preoccupied with everything that's going on in the the world, the culture, the church, right? We're seeing things happen almost minute by minute, right? New headlines are coming across our phones and our web pages and whatnot. We're calling and texting each other like, did you hear the NBA got suspended or, you know, they just banned travel from Europe or uh, we're watching all these things happen. So-and-so just got diagnosed with the virus, whether it's Tom Hanks or it's an NBA all-star, whatever the case might be. And uh, I've just been reflecting on this, like many of you, I'm sure, and I'm, I'm trying to ask the Lord, like, Lord, what are you saying to the church right now? Like, what, what, what is the Spirit saying to us? And I, I found myself this morning, uh, actually a comment that you'd made, Mary, um, I was having a conversation with a, a priest friend of ours some months ago now, and he, he was telling this story, I think it was from a Louis L'Amour story, who I've, I've never read, uh, I have to admit, but the story, is, as I understood it, went something like this. There was a, a group of cowboys, and they were out there doing their work, and you know they're on the, on the range, and they're wrestling cattle, and doing all the things they're doing. And uh, I think I said wrestling cattle, but I should have said wrestling cattle. <laughs> so uh, I don't think you wrestle cattle, at least you shouldn't. Don't do that, it might get painful. So uh, there was these, every night they would gather together around the fire, and they'd kind of sit back and they'd talk about the day and whatnot. And there was this one guy who was always out on the perimeter. And they would always ask him, why don't you come and join us? Why don't you come and join us? Why don't you come and join us? And he says, no, 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 I don't want to get close to the fire. And they said, well, why not? And he says, if I get close to the fire, I will lose my night vision. That's a great image. So when you get close to fire, right, your eyes... Uh, they react the way that they do. And then all of a sudden you're blind to the things that are out there. When you're in the darkness for a while, your eyes begin to settle and to adjust and you can see the details. And this guy's task was to protect his brothers. And so he stayed away so as to be able to discern and to see if there was anything out there in the dark that was lurking, waiting to harm them. And so as this uh, priest and I were talking, he just said, that, that's really what the church needs right now. We need people with night vision. And I find that's what I'm asking for right now. Lord, I need, help me to see, right? So there's a lot of panic. There's a lot of concern. There's a lot of anxiety. It's not just from, you know, CNN or Fox. Uh, it's in the church, too. So we're seeing things like canceling masses. And I don't want to make too strong a judgment on this because uh, I, I want to be really careful. We, we don't know what we're dealing with right now. I don't pretend to know what we're dealing with, Um and I certainly don't want to make a, cor- a quick and easy correlation. I was thinking this morning as I was praying, you know, 9-11 happened and people immediately got on the air. I heard some televangelists and others going, this is God's judgment. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you can say that. I don't, I don't know what God's mind is on some of these things. I don't know why what's happening is happening. What I'm trying to figure out is how are we supposed to be responding as, as Christians? And what keeps coming to mind is, well, two things keep coming to mind. The first is, it seems like what's happening is a means for us to understand that many of the idols that we have in our lives, especially in this country, are in fact counterfeit gods. 
So I kept thinking about the uh, the Exodus story, which is a huge part of the season of Lent for us as Catholics. The Exodus is the image from the Old Testament to best understand what it is that Jesus has done for us. Just as the Israelites were freed from Pharaoh and captivity and slavery, so we have been freed from Satan's grip and from the slavery of sin and the, the bondage of death, right? And that's happened through water. For them, it was the waters of the Red Sea. For us, it's the waters of baptism. And they were nourished by the manna in the wilderness and were nourished by the Eucharist until uh, we get into the promised land and the king comes back. But in the Exodus story, you know, what God does uh, early on is he says, I am going to execute judgment on the gods of Egypt. Meaning what? Meaning he's going to uh, expose them unveil them for what they are. They are not suitable objects of trust. They are not appropriate objects of worship. They are not to be where we place our trust and our hope. So what are those quote-unquote gods for us or those idols? I I don't know about you. I often think of, I, I read passages about idolatry and I think we're 21st century Americans. We don't have idols. Well, like fun we don't, right? An idol is anything other than God that I put my hope in. So what's happening right now? Well, the market is crumbling in front of our eyes, right? This is not normal. This is, uh, we're in unprecedented uh, territory right now, certainly over the last number of decades. And so the idol of wealth or the false, the illusion of security being found in wealth is evaporating before our eyes. The idol of sports, suddenly it's March. I mean, I I live for college basketball, or so it seems sometimes. I love this time of the year. Suddenly, at least as of the recording right now, the NCAA is going to play the tournament games with nobody in the stands except for coaches and immediate family and uh, conference personnel. And who knows, maybe they're not even going to play. We don't know. I mean, the NBA just suspended their games. And so the idolatry of sports, which is so massive for so many men and women, is just evaporating before our eyes, right? Um, The idolatry of just this illusion that we have the answers, that we're on a steady path to progress. I heard a radio commentator yesterday who I, I love to listen to. He's a great man. And I heard him say, Something to the effect of, you know, just calm down. Like with every adversity, we have always been able to overcome. We're going to come out on top on this. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, like how naive can you be? Which is not to say that the world's going to end right now. I don't know. That's not my point. But, you know, the ultimate adversity is death. And we don't come out on top on that. The only reason that death is gain, according to St. Paul, is because of what Jesus has done for us. So our hope right now, I think God just seems to be shaking those things that we place our hope in other than him. And he's encouraging us to remember, no, 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 keep your eyes on me. Make sure that your only hope is in me, whether it's for your life, whether it's for your future, whatever it might be. And and maybe lastly, the, the other thing that I just find so important right now is my response as a Christian, your response as a Christian is not to be Pollyannish. I don't want to give the wrong impression here. Like, oh, well, it's just the coronavirus. It might be, you know, it's a pandemic. It might mean the end of the world. But the Christian is supposed to live with a strikingly different attitude. And that's not to say that I'm not concerned or that I'm not interested. I'm very concerned. I'm very interested. 
I want to know what's going on, but I also want to be a model of faith and of hope and of joy, even in the midst of this, so as to provoke people, right? Like, how is it that you can be joyful in the midst of this or hopeful in the midst of this? And it's because, well, because my hope isn't in the things of man. It's in God. And so there's a passage in the the Gospel of Luke where Jesus is talking about the end of the world. And again, I'm not saying this is the end of the world, not at all. But when tragedies and calamities happen, uh, the Lord says, lift up your heads. In other words, like, keep your eyes focused on me. Don't be weighed down like those who have no hope. Don't, Don't be like the pagans who don't know that they have a good father. Don't be like those who don't know that I have intervened in the world. Rather, stand erect and be a means by which those people who are panicked might find the source of hope, which is God, right? And so the the first reading this Sunday at Mass is from uh, the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 17. And this is the Israelites after they've left Egypt and they're in the wilderness now. It's a great image for us. We are in the wilderness right now. Until the Lord comes back, we are not yet home. And these are people who saw God do all that he did to the Egyptians. They experienced deliverance from bondage. That's supposed to be us. I, too, have experienced deliverance from the bondage of the power of sin, the bondage of death, from Satan's grip, from his lies, from his accusations. And while they're out there, they begin to grumble and to complain And their question that the reading ends with, is the Lord in our midst or not? And so for us, that's what's, we we, want to make sure that we can answer that question with a resounding yes. I know the Lord is in our midst. I know the Lord has the world in his hands. I know the Lord has has the church in his hands. I don't know what his plan is. I don't know what the future will bring. I don't need to know the future. I just need to know the one who holds the future. And that's God. And because I know who that God is, that's a God who loves, who saves, who rescues, who redeems, who cares, I don't have to be anxious. So even more than ever right now, this is a time just to say, Lord, I cast all my cares upon you, for I know who you are. I know you made the universe. I know you sent your son for us. I will trust in you. I will go to bed tonight, Lord, in peace, and I will let you be God, and I will be your son or your daughter. If I wake tomorrow, give me opportunities to witness to you and to the love that I have for you and to the confidence that I have in you because you are a good father. So don't be afraid. God is with you and me. We were born for this.